Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. What's up, America? Andrew Coppins, Pat Oni. And by the way, what up to our international audience as well? Uh, we... You know, Pat, as I dive into some of the numbers behind the scenes and all that stuff, um, as we made some changes behind the scenes um, over the past month, we've been able to really kind of dive in to see a lot more detail. It's amazing to me where we're actually watched and listened to um, all over the globe. I think it, it, I believe on at least Six of the seven continents in this country we are listened to, Pat. What, we're not listening to in Antarctica? Shockingly, no. Oh. <laughs> but hey, uh, to all of those people living in the uh, um, the medical and whatever research, scientific research uh, centers out there, uh, listen to critical thinking. Try it once. Probably, probably also helps that we are the number one critical thinking podcast in the world. By the way, in the world, mm-hmm. yeah. Is it any wonder oh. that we are uh, the number one critical thinking podcast in the world? And that is not hyperbole, folks. That is a real thing. That is a real scientific thing. We were given that distinction earlier this year. The number one critical thinking podcast in the world. So thank you so much. For all six of those continents that listen to us, thank you to each and every one of you who download, subscribe, rate, review, and of course, our members of the Critical Thinking community, criticalthinking.locals.com, and all of that wonderful goodness. Uh, of course, you can follow us on social media, but you know how to do that if you are watching on Rumble, rumble.com, backslash critical thinking. You know all of that wonderful goodness. So, today is a WTF Wednesday on the show. Um... We have a lot to get into, and um, we're going to start with news from the world of sports. I mean, this has been a rough, and this all, seems to almost always happen, Pat, right? These these um, these big-name uh, deaths happening in threes. It, it kind of seems to be a thing, right? Yeah, it has been for a while now, I guess. Right. And, you know, we had Bill Russell uh, pass away um, over the weekend. Uh, what the arguably the greatest winner of all time in sports. Um, and then the news breaks last night at the age of 94, the most iconic radio voice in all of sports. Vin Scully, 67 years with the Brooklyn and Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, in fact, Pat, um, I, I believe 
his first year calling the Los Angeles Dodgers was also the same year that my dad and mom were born. The same year. 65 years. Yeah. What are you uh, ooing? That's a long time. Are you you calling my parents old? You rat bastard. I didn't say anything. You ooed. Dude, my all parents, I was just saying is that was a long parents, time. I didn't say anything about your parents being old. You said something about your parents being old. That's because they are. <laughs> uh, so if you want to blame anybody for me, you can blame them. I'm just saying. Now, with that out of the way, though, um, yes, um, Vin Scully, um, the most iconic radio voice of all time. Um, when it comes to sports, I would argue that you would put Vince Scully in the same category as a Paul Harvey, as some of these other really famous, iconic overall radio voices, right? Uh, maybe a Dick Clark um, from back in his day. Uh, but some of these super iconic radio voices, that is Vin Scully for sure. So we came up with an idea uh, what we were going to do. And, um, well, more importantly, I came up with this idea and, and then, um, we realized, um, we might be a generation apart on some things, um, uh, because apparently, um, Pat, um, you don't know what radio broadcasts are for sports. <laughs> no. Do you, do you know why? Because you grew up with TV only. That is how we consumed our sports. See, so we're going to start there. <clears throat> Granted, you got to also understand too. My my family did not did not consume talk radio at all. It's not about whether talk it radio. would be sports. Well, yeah, what, it, what, I'm just saying it, they, they didn't consume. The only kind of radio they consumed was country freaking music. That's it. Right, but you could have dialed into the nope uh, nope the Cincinnati Reds did. games during the day. While they you were did, playing they, in the backyard, they, Pat. They they did not. Nope. That that was never a thing. Never a thing growing up in my family. You put your Walkman on and tune the radio to the uh, to the Dodge. Uh, I mean the Reds games. What is what is a Walkman? Uh, I mean it never never happened. Never happened. Now with that having been said, so uh, my proposal was the top five radio voices in sports all time. <clears throat> Pat is just going to give you his top five radio announcers or his top five sports announcers of all time, because apparently he. So truth or fiction, though, Pat, as you have grown up, as you have heard clips of people on the radio, right, doing baseball games or football games or whatever. My thesis is that baseball is better on the radio than it is on TV. Truth I, or I fiction? don't understand uh, fiction. You're asking, you're asking me, a guy that never listened to to radio and sports okay, at so all. So I'm going to make a challenge up. to you. I'm going to uh-huh. make a challenge to you right now. Uh-huh. Okay. The next three days, for at least ten minutes, listen to the Cincinnati Reds game online. For the radio broadcast only. Okay. And then come back and answer this question. Okay. Fair enough. Because I argue that baseball is a thousand times better as an audio sport than a visual sport. Strangely enough. I I would also argue attending the game is better than watching it on TV. Watching it on TV is horrific. Usually attending a game period is better than than or usually yeah usually attending a game is better than, than watching it on tv period I, I would disagree for the nfl yeah i could see football be, being a because of all the commercial that. breaks that happen you really physically yeah. notice it um when you're at the game you really do like it's like are you kidding me with this like five minute you know break in the middle of a 
of a drive, right? Um, but right. So Vince Gully passing away, um, a great loss for the sports world and the world in general because he is one of the most iconic names, one of the kindest names, one of the gentlest giants uh, in the world of sports, and uh, a great Christian man, a great Christian man. Um, so in his honor, we're going to reveal our top five, uh, in his case, sports announcers, in my case, sports radio announcers. Um, so let's go with your list first, Pat. Uh, in a particular order, your top okay. five, five, four, three, okay. two, one. Okay. Well, number five, number five, I actually do put Vince Scully. Um, and, and the reason why. Um, is baseball was not a huge sport for my family growing up. I mean, I knew who he was. It, it's hard not to know who that is, you know, just, you know, being in, involved with sports. Mm-hmm. Um, he is perhaps one of the most, like you said, the most iconic, one of the most iconic voices in all of sports history. He's a legend. Um, he deserves to be mentioned in that top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four for me. And, and I, I purposely did this because I also think I'm probably more of a basketball fan than you are. Um, and, and that's that's the sport that I watched the most growing up. Um, it's got to be Marv Albert. Um, Mar- Marv yes. Albert was, was also a very iconic voice in, in, in basketball. So Yeah, um, I would argue between him and Bill Rafferty, right? Bill Rafferty, I, I, I actually... I didn't listen to Bill as much, so that's why he didn't make my list. But Marv is a great one, especially from the 90s. Like, when, if yeah. you listen to the NBA Finals in the 90s, Marv Albert was your man, right? Which is which is the era I came up in in terms of, I mean, the Jordan era and all that stuff. So, yes. uh, yep. And then uh, the, the uh, one I, and I still really enjoy listening to him today when I can catch him if I turn on in a game, which I haven't done in a while because, you know, it's the NBA. Uh, Kevin Harlan would be number three. Mm. Um, I actually really like listening to him. Father of the uh, the first couple of Wisconsin. Did you know that, Pat? No. Yes. So uh, Kevin. So first of all, Kevin Harlan is the son of Bob Harlan. Bob Harlan used to be the president and CEO of the Green Bay Packers. Oh, so Kevin okay. Harlan grew up in Green Bay, um, but. Um, his daughter is Olivia Decker. Does that name ring a bell to you? I feel like it should. I feel like I've Sam heard it Decker, one of the most important players on the Badgers back-to-back uh, Final Four runs in the in the mid twenty uh, tens, uh, right? Oh, okay. Um, so Olivia, who is a sideline reporter, um. Married Sam a few years ago, and they have they just had their few uh, first uh, baby this year. Um, so it's Olivia Decker, Sam Decker. You can't get more iconic than the names Harlan and Decker in the state of Wisconsin. You really can't. Um, cool. So it was, it was interesting actually, that they got together and, and all that stuff. But yeah, Kevin Harlan for me is an iconic TV announcer. He is yeah. great at it. In the yep. fact that he has never been a lead person for anything other than college basketball is an absolute travesty, as far as I'm concerned. He's right. by the way, he's he's great at any sport. He's a great hockey announcer too. Yep, yep. he's actually really good at like he's just really he's talented. Period. But mm-hmm. I've <coughs> I would argue he's best at hockey than football than basketball. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's probably true. Basketball being probably number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've only really ever listened to him when he's doing basketball. I mean, there, there's been the, the rare occasion I've turned on and he's a football on a football game, but mostly it's been, it's been uh, basketball for me. Um, number, number two, I know you're going to, you're, you're probably going to hate me for this. Um, but John, John Madden comes in at number two for me. Um, and again, mm. I, I say that because basketball is, was, was my sport growing up and it still is. So, so for me, uh, the Madden situation is that he's one of the better color commentators uh-huh. of the game. I would argue his partner, Pat Summerall, is better than him. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, see, I, I don't know why I didn't think of Pat Summerall. 
I mean, you also got Keith Jackson. You've got a lot yeah, of different yeah. iconic names there. But um, I would I would pick Pat Summerall over over Madden, especially from the announcer standpoint, because yeah, you know Madden's a that's a different kettle of fish as a color commentator. But but you also grew up, I think, you know, having all of that in your household. I didn't. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's why John Madden, I think, made my list before Pat Summerall did. But, it, Fair but in fairness, Pat Summerall probably should be on this list. Um, and then number one, because like I said, basketball was my Dick Vitale. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, if you grew up in the nineties, um, mm-hmm. watching college basketball, I don't think there was, Which we did. you know, just these mm-hmm. catchphrases and all that while a caller commentator, not an announcer. Um, I, I get where you're going with that. Like there, yeah. there's nobody that is more synonymous with college basketball than Dick Vitale. Right. Um, so I, I can understand that. All right. So my list is radio only. Now, some of these people did end up crossing over into television, but they are known more so for radio with the exception of one. Um, so number five on my list is Jim Irwin. This is a this is somebody that um, unless you paid attention to radio broadcasting, I don't know if you would know. Um, but Jim Irwin, um, up until the mid 2000s, so from the time I was a little baby until the mid 2000s, was your voice of the Green Bay Packers on the radio. And um, just a smooth, buttery Midwestern voice, right? Just smooth in his way. Um, eloquent in painting the visual picture in your mind of what was going on on the field. Um, Just a great, great, iconic name. Um, He went on to do a lot of other things um, in other sports with radio. Um, So for me, growing up, that that was a name that like you when you heard that voice, you knew exactly who it was Um, in his love of the team. Because that's the thing that doesn't necessarily translate in radio if you are not into it, right? Um, you have to find the love of the team in order for you to become good at your job. All right. So Jim Irwin at number five. Uh, number four for me is a name that I grew up with in more of a television fashion. And this is a dual grouping. It is Jack Buck and Harry Carey. So what most people don't realize is that Jack Buck and Harry Carey were in the same booth for St. Louis Cardinal games in the 50s. Uh, Jack Buck now does fall. He would be higher on my list for the exception of you gave us Joe Buck. You bastard. I was going to say any relation that there's, that's the only reason that that jerk has a job in, in sports, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Is it that his dad was Jack. Mm-hmm. Jack Buck is one of the best of all time. And then imagine the booth with Jack and Harry Carey together. Absolutely phenomenal. Um, and most people don't realize most people today only think of Harry Carey with whom the Cubs and WGN and, and all that. Right. But he was a longtime radio announcer for the Cardinals, for the White Sox, and then the Cubs. You imagine that today, going from the Cardinals to the Sox to the Cubs? No way, no how would they allow that to happen as an announcer. All right. Um, so did you do you have any memory of Jack Bucker or Harry Carey, really? I don't. I okay. don't. I had heard of Jack Buck before. But I, I, otherwise, I, I Jack don't. Buck is a is an iconic figure in St. Louis, um, just an iconic figure, period. A great another great man um, who did great things for his community. Um, so I, I had to put him on this list. Also, just another smooth style. Uh, but number three on my list is Bob Euchre. I don't know how you could think of radio in sports especially sports announcing and not come up with Bob Euchre. He's been with uh, 
the Brewers from the very get-go on the radio. You know, you probably know him from Major League, but that's exactly who he is on the radio. He's full of humor, full of fun. My favorite part is being able to listen to him. If the game is boring, there's never a boring story to be told. He will find stories to tell that you've never heard about the game of baseball. And while that's happening, oh, strikeout. (laughs) Because the game is that dumb and that boring, right? He'll just let you know, oh, by the way, there was a strikeout. Um, Back to the story. (laughs) Um, And he's telling great stories of his playing days or whatever. And by the way, he only played for like, I think, four years in the majors. Um, But Bob Euchre is just an absolute icon for me. Um, I can't not laugh when I listen to him. Um, And I think he is part of the reason why I personally believe that baseball is best um, being listened to, not watched. Um, Now, that is number three. Number two for me is another name because the Green Bay Packers were lucky to go from Jim Irwin to Wayne Larvey. Now, this is a name that you probably do know, Pat, because he has done some TV um, and some broadcast in other sports um, when when the Packers season is over. Uh, but Wayne Larvey for me is just an amazing voice. And he did something that nobody has ever done. Gone from the radio voice of the Chicago Bears to the radio voice of the Green Bay Packers. So, basically, he just said, uh, "Go Packers and f the Bears." Is that <laughs> is that kind of kind of what what happened there? Mm-hmm. Go Pack, yeah. go and uh, f the Bears. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah, if you ever get a chance, um, most of the clips of like Brett Favre as as you know he's ending his career, or every clip that you're going to hear or listen to or watch, usually is Wayne Larravee making the call. Right. Those iconic moments. Um, so um, check it out if you get a chance. But Wayne Larvey is fantastic for me. Who does the Packer games now? It's still Wayne Larvey. Oh, is it still? OK. Yeah, Wayne Larvey and uh, Larry, is it still Larry McCarron? Um, I don't remember. But Larry McCarron's a, a local legend um, in, in Green Bay. He's a former center for the Packers and stayed to do uh, local sports broadcasting and stuff like that. He still works with the Packers and. Um, he used to do all the preseason games and and all that sort of stuff. But he's also super famous for having a uh, a pinky that literally Pat does this. If you're if you're watching at home, it literally just is out to the side. It it's it, he broke it so many times that it just literally hangs to the side like this. Fun. <laughs> now, wow. Number one all on right. my list is Vin Scully. I I just I don't know how you. Think of baseball and you don't think of Vince Scully. Whether you like, love, loathe, hate, whatever with the Dodgers. And I think the greatest thing that you can do uh, or the greatest uh, way to prove this, what is the biggest rivalry outside of the Yankees-Red Sox you could argue in all of baseball, Pat? Probably Dodgers-Giants. Okay. Okay. Vin Scully finished his career in 2016, right? He he didn't travel the entire season with the Dodgers. He only called home games that year. He traveled to San Francisco because it was the final series of that season. And despite all the bitterness, the hatred, all of those things um, that, that go into that rivalry, everybody... Every single person in that stadium in San Francisco balled their eyes out, showed love, showed respect to Vin Scully upon his final um, game. I, I can't emphasize enough how rare that is. Um, so I, I think you take a look at that and go, hmm, all right. It was it was pretty phenomenal. Um, Mind you, he also had a sixty-seven year career. Sixty 
seven years with one organization. It's time for Dodgers baseball. I mean, I can't even do it, right? My voice cannot possibly replicate how good he was at that job. Just his cadence, his ability to, to call a game, to get you into the game, his ability to paint those pictures mentally, because that's what uh, radio broadcasting is, and how difficult that is. To be able to translate what you're seeing into a, a way for somebody else to visualize it is so very difficult. It is called that Kurt Gibson home run in the it was the 86 World Series or 88. It's 88, the 88 World Series. Uh, Kurt Gibson coming up to the plate, right? Stepping up uh, despite all of his injuries and knocking a <laughs> knocking that home run. Would, would, would he have met Jackie Robinson? Uh, yeah, of course he would have. I mean, because they would have been they would have been in L. I mean, I, I, Jackie was still alive, I think, when they moved the team to L.A., if I remember right. Correct. Correct. He was. Um, Yeah, he totally would have because he would have been around still when they were in Brooklyn. Uh, He he started broadcasting games, I think, the final two years uh, of them being in Brooklyn. Uh, Two or three years. Yeah. That's incredible. Yep. To be a part of all that history. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. He is an absolute icon. Um, More importantly, like I said, a great man. Um, he had a sprawling family. Um, I think when they did his final thing at Dodger Stadium, he had all of his family there, and it totaled just the immediate family with the grandkids and all that. Somewhere in the 60-person region. <laughs> yeah. He had something like 30 grandkids and whatever. But and How uh, many great-grandkids? I'm at that point, that, uh, that, that not that many. Be- I don't think he had any at that point, but wow. but either way, I mean, just to, I think it's fun to think about the, the people that we grew up with and how you fall in love with a sport or with anything in life, right? It is usually somebody who inspires you. And for me, it is names like Jim Irwin, Wayne Larravee, Vin Scully, Bob Euchre, um, those, you know, even Harry Carey for me, um, because while the Brewers were awful for most of my early or mid childhood, um, Harry Carey was always on with the Cubs games. And I have uh, one of my best friends since the time I was six years old is an absolute Cubs fanatic. So, you know, I grew up, you know, hearing and, and watching Harry Carey as well. But you fall in love with sports because of these types of people. And. You know, I look at it from the perspective of being lucky to have multiple Hall of Famers in my local broadcasting life uh, to help me fall in love with these types of things. Um, But, um, Pat, anybody else that comes to mind for you that you would put as honorable mention? I mean, Pat Summerall's got to be mentioned in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Brett Musburger would probably be in there. Brad Nessler, I think, could be another one. Mm. Um, yeah, I got to put Keith Jackson in there. Keith Jackson, yeah, that, that'd be another one. Because he's uh, one of the I, guys who ironically could call a game by himself. I mean, I know I know we've had our issues with him, but you know, growing up, I mean, being a Buckeye and everything, uh, Kirk Herbstreet, I think, will be in that conversation. Yeah. But he's more of a color commentator than anything. Yeah. So, um, but I think I think I think he will be in that conversation at least for college football. Yeah, um, and I think I would put Kevin Harlan because he does yeah. a lot of radio too. By the way, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think he still does the Sunday night NFL game via radio. If, if he at one point in time he that's what he was doing, I remember that. Um, so like if you listen to your local radio, like if you're traveling or whatever, right, and you wanted to catch the Sunday night NFL game. On the radio, chances are you'd have to find it, uh, you know, whatever. But it was always going to be Kevin Harlan and I think James Lofton. Uh, yeah. Which also an iconic Packer <laughs> um, and Raider and Jet. And 
my fraternity brother. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, I think there's just a lot of names. And I'd be curious as to if you are in the audience, hit us up. Uh, name your top five sports radio announcers. Name them. Uh, and, uh, and tell us your story uh, about why maybe one of these people are on the list. Hit us up. I'm at the Coppin Show. He's at the Pat Oni Show. Um, yeah, just hit up, hit us up, uh, DM us, or you know, just add us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever. All right, that out of the way, Pat. I think it is time for us to play a little bit of the B or not the B on this WTF Wednesday. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. I actually feel kind of bad. Why? Because we have to go from a great talk about, you know, the greatest sports commentators to all time mm-hmm. and talking about how wonderful Vince Scully was oh. to this. Oh, oh, no. Democrats propose $800 billion. If you don't vote for this, you hate puppies spending bill. Democrats <laughs> propose $800 billion. If you don't vote for this, you hate puppies spending bill. Is this the B or not the B? That is the question. And, folks, if you haven't yet, go to revivingliberty.com. Uh, it, to get this country back on track, it is the pathway. And I'm saying the pathway to getting liberty back in our own lives and back around across this country. Um, and making government ultimately matter less. Our liberty, our own individual lives matter more. So go to revivingliberty.com. Uh, check it out. Share it. Uh, or you can go wherever your favorite podcasts are played. The key is share it, share it far, share it wide, because that is how this thing grows. That is how you can help revive liberty in this country is by sharing this podcast. So go to revivingliberty.com or wherever your favorite podcasts are played. That is revivingliberty.com. Yeah. And Pat, real quick. I mean, today's episode as it's going to drop is actually a change in, um, not tactics, because tactics are coming up later in the, in the show, but uh, it is a change from you, the inner workings, you personal reflections, your personal changes to groups. Um, we're going to talk about fellowships versus coalitions. And so um, if you're interested in knowing why the revolution happened with only... 20, maybe even at best 30% of the people supporting it, you're going to find out. And you're going to find out why getting yourself right mattered first and how fellowships can help us with liberty going forward. So uh, again, Reviving Liberty, it's going to be episode seven, by the way. We are seven episodes deep into Reviving Liberty, revivingliberty.com or wherever you find your podcast. Now go ahead, Pat. Um, Lay that headline on me one more time. Democrats propose $800 billion. If you don't vote for this, you hate puppies' spending bill. Is this the B or not the B? Andrew Coppins, your answer. <laughs> so this has to be the Babylon B. This is a little bit of a softball. But I, I, I so I have some things to say on this, but, uh, but tell me I'm right. And let me know that um, we totally bought somebody in to the... Uh, uh, MLM marketing line of somebody else. Uh, I mean, this this is uh, your final answer, correct? Yeah, my final answer. Uh, okay, you would be correct. This is the Babylon B. <laughs> Congressional Republicans have a difficult choice this week as Democrats have introduced a bill to save puppies but attached billions of unrelated spending. Conservatives may propose amendments, but hesitate to oppose the bill since it is named, if you don't vote for this, you hate puppies. Small government conservatives aren't sure about the $800 billion price tag, but we do we do want to save puppies. The Democrats really want us in the corner with the bill's name. Senate Minority Leader uh, Ditch McConnell spoke to members of the press today. Now, wait a second, uh, wait a second, wait a second. Is that your uh, edit or something they actually said? No, that was my edit. That was oh, my okay, edit. just making sure, because that would be awesome of the Babylon Bee. 
Yeah, no, that, that, that was my edit. Uh, confirming he has requested extra time in deliberation so conservatives can figure to the bill without bad optics of seeming to oppose saving puppies. Critics have deceived pork barrel spending, critic-specific earmarks that seem fishy. These remarks include $35 million to funding gender studies programs in Middle Earth, $12 billion for advancing equity through mandatory abortions, and $20 billion in aid for developing areas like Haiti, Naboo, and California. The Republicans who have printed out of these projects seem fake, however. Have they criticized have been criticized as puppy haters. Democrats have since introduced additional spending with creative names, including 1.3 trillion. Why would you want bid Laden to come back? Bill, 2 trillion. Vote for this. Vote yes, or you have children's blood on your hands. Bill, as publishing time, all Republican congresspeople, other than Rand Paul, have already confirmed their support. Now, um, on a serious note, on the backside of this, right? So the yeah, this is a takeoff of the Inflation Reduction Act, right? Right, very clearly. Um, any guess as to when inflation reduction actually happens in this bill, Pat? This is a a score from the Waldorf School, by the way. This is, I mean, I mean, how much was the bill again? Six hundred and some odd billion. So I'm gonna go with five hundred and ninety-nine some odd billion. Well, I was talking about years. Like, what what oh, year years would this uh, would this inflation reduction actually happen? It's gonna be say 2028. Ooh, good guess. You were off by just one year, 2027. So five years from now, we finally get some inflation reduction based off of the scoring of the Waldorf School. Which, um, if you're scoring at home, is a very liberal part of the Ivy League. I'm just curious. Will Joe Biden be alive at that point to see that come to fruition? Very good question. Very, very good question. So, yeah. So, Joe Manchin votes for the Inflation Reduction Bill or cuts a deal to say that he will, so that inflation will not reduce at any point, or at least government's role in inflation. <clears throat> Will not be reduced until and and by the way, Pat, <clears throat> I saw this on on Twitter. Let me see if I have it saved um on my Twitter feed here. Give me one second here to see if I have it saved. Um do 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 um give me one one second here. Come on. In the meantime. Uh, while you're uh, doing that, this is also a really good time, folks, to mention American Pride Roasters. If you have not gone to American Pride Roasters, you are missing out. They are a great small local business run by uh, Dave at, or DM and DX on Twitter. Um, they've got all sorts of great flavors over there. Um, mm-hmm. Just if you want to support a good person with a small local business uh, with, with values that, that don't insult you, Go to AmericanPrideRoasters.com. That is AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Okay, so I don't know if I can find it right now, but um, what you do need to know is that there is not a single tax bracket with the exception of the bottom tax bracket that will see a reduction in taxes according to the CBO in the... uh, Hey, uh, Inflation Reduction Act, D- Pat. Just real, just real quick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, does raising taxes help or hurt inflationary, especially consumer inflationary spending? Uh, it it, it would hurt, mm. right? Because bingo here's, bongo. Here's, I mean, I I've seen this on Twitter, and I've seen this from um some some even some former friends on Twitter. Where, oh, if we, we got to raise taxes to combat inflation, why would you raise taxes on people that uh, are already suffering from, you know, the increased prices now, of everything else in their lives? Now, 
I will say this. One way, because there are two ways that inflation can happen, right? One is the government monetary policy and monetary supply and and all that, right? There's another way in which we have full employment and real wages begin to rise. As that happens, you necessarily will see an inflation of prices, right? That's not necessarily the worst thing in the world, um, but we're not seeing that. We are seeing wages rise, but not fast enough to keep up with inflation. Um, right. So why? So if we were seeing the second version, right, where real wage increases are happening, one way to rein in if it was runaway inflation would be to actually raise taxes because you'd then get to constrict consumer monetary supply, thus reducing that impact of that massive wage growth. Ironically, government has a role to play in both sides. Um, But that's not what's happening here. Now, I say this, Pat. Let us go ahead and move on to a little bit of a WTF Wednesday, because it is WTF Wednesday. Okay, so before you get into your headlines, Pat, I have got two of my own. <clears throat> Are you ready for this? Tom Cruise no. dropped out of a helo onto a mountaintop, apologized to a couple for interrupting their hike, says he likes their dog, and then Cliff jumped into the abyss. Yeah, I saw that. That is hilarious. If that is not the most Tom Cruise thing of all time... But but how is that WTF though? That is so freaking cool. It's WTF because you imagine being on a hike and then hi Tom, what the hell just happened? <laughs> also, who in the who in the blue hell would believe you if you told that story? If you're at the bar, right? If you're at wherever and you're you've had a couple two three right pops, and and you're telling the story, does anybody actually believe you? No, I'm not sure that I would believe me. (laughs) Oh, man. And then I have this one for you, Pat. Mustard flavored donuts are becoming a thing. Because apparently the world needs more stupid ideas. Mustard flavored donuts. America, what the absolute hell is wrong with you? Well, this 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 comes from the country that that's struggling to figure out which bathroom to use still. That's so, right. French's yeah. mustard is teaming up with the New York bakery Dough Donuts to create a new Franken food, the mustard donut. The donut is going to be topped with a yellow mustard icing and a cake crumb topping. You, you know, I, I I have a homework assignment for you, Andrew. What? You need to go get one, and you need to try it. I don't live in New York City, number one, so I can't do that. And number no. two, um, I live in Chicago, Pat. Mustard yeah. belongs on one thing and one thing only. Hot, Hot dogs. dogs. And by the way, <clears throat> to the rest of America, if you put ketchup on a hot dog, you suck. What if you put both? You suck. There's one suck? condiment that belongs. One of these condiments is not like the other. What about relish? Mustard, relish, sport peppers, pickles. That's what belongs on a hot dog. Have you never had a Chicago dog, Pat? No. Uh, but I what, will tell you is- this, people here in this city, if you put a if you put ketchup on a hot dog, get out. Just get out. I have a question. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What are sport peppers? They're, they're little, like, hot peppers. Oh, okay. Maybe some jarnera. That'll, that'll go on it as well. It just depends we, on uh, where you're at. Are we talking, like, jalapeno-type peppers, or are we talking, like, pepperoncini-type peppers? I couldn't tell you. I really don't do peppers. Oh. Um, I, I don't really do oh, the wait. Chicago dog all that often. I just like my hot dogs with a little bit of mustard. That's about it. But seriously, here in Chicago, ain't no way, no how 
you putting ketchup on a on a hot dog. You're not gonna want to come to my house on Friday. Just saying. Get out. Yeah, making some brats and dogs on on Friday. So uh, okay, uh, ketchup on a on a brat is even worse. Again, mustard. Why? Because you get a little bit of the pepper. You get a little bit of that. Yep. Also, uh, please tell me you're not doing Johnsonville. We're gonna have to talk off air. I think. No, no. It it it's uh, they're like local from uh, like one of oh, the stores. So, right so 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 they're not really brats. They're they're some Utah version of it. I mean, they're pretty good. So. Okay, we're we're gonna have to talk off air. We're gonna have to have a talk off air. Okay. Um, I come from the home of the bratwurst, my my friend. Yeah, I mean, I I understand. I understand. Anywho, it is time for you to give me two headlines on this WTF Wednesday. I don't I I don't even know how I'm gonna choose. And and again, I feel so bad after the whole Vince Scully talk. Um, As U.S. left Afghanistan. Blinken said Taliban vowed to bar terrorist group. Now he admits they lied. No shit, Sherlock. (laughs) Who could have saw that one coming? Right, exactly. Who who possibly saw that coming? Who? And by the way, uh, apparently we had a ninja type uh, missile strike. That magically only killed Al Zawahiri. What? What? And by the way, according to according to the uh, administration, um, he was killed on his balcony while sipping coffee. I mean, I guess there are worse ways to go. But also, how did one missile only kill him? Was it like a? I, I I'm picturing like the Acme uh like missile from the, the Coyote and Roadrunner. I it, mean, it just magically just blows up the one person. What? Nobody else was killed, maimed, hurt, n- nothing? It's a a missile hit him in the chest. What? What? I'm starting to see I'm starting to see uh, a similarity here of a wild E coyote super genius. To Anthony A. Blinken. Did you say A. Blinken? No, just Anthony Blinken. Did you say A. Blinken? Blinken? (laughs) You caught what I was putting down there, huh? Uh -huh, uh -huh, Uh, uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, like like they're they're super genius. Yep, yep, yep. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What in the actual... (sighs) And then I think I have to go with this one. Biden names monkeypox czar after three states declare state of emergency. Take a wild guess as to what one of those three states is. Illinois, uh-huh, California, uh-huh, uh-huh, Chicago, uh-huh. or New York. Uh huh. California, New York, Illinois. Is that literally the three states? I believe so. That declared yeah. an emergency. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Do I get New York? Hey, yeah, actually, I do because they actually have a pretty big outbreak going on right now. Um, but um, how many people in this country have died from monkeypox, Pat? Uh, like three. A grand total of zero, as far as I know. I, there I have been three people who have died from it worldwide right now. I don't know, like five. Also, hashtag stop gay orgies. Or hashtag stop orgies for right now. Yeah, just just I mean, right? I mean, orgies in general are not not safe. So, so how about we not do that while we've got uh, a very painful thing that while is not lethal for the vast 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 majority of people who get it, um, nasty, painful, rashes, sores, all that wonderful goodness. How, how uh, about we just how about we just agree that for a couple of weeks we could uh, pause. On all the orgies everywhere. Just just some statistics here for you. Uh, a study in California found that 91.7% of cases in that state 
are of gay, uh, lesbian, or same-gender-loving people, with men accounting for 98.3% of all infections. Hmm. I rest my case. Now, who would have known that um, swapping bodily fluids and then um, swapping them multiple ways, by the way, Mm. without getting too graphic uh, for the children listening out there, would be a bad thing when um, when the disease is spread via <clears throat> bodily fluids. I mean, this, this is what not not Brad Palumbo. That that's for sure. Not not certainly not Brad Palumbo. And on that note, um, normally I would say, Pat, it is time for you to give us your final thoughts. But today's final thoughts brought to you by Vince Gully. You know, friends, so many people have wished me congratulations on a 67-year career in baseball, and they wished me a wonderful retirement with my family. And now all I can do is tell you what I wish for you. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. For every problem life seems a faithful friend to share, for every sigh a sweet song and an answer for each prayer. You and I have been friends for a long time, but I know in my heart that I've always needed you more than you've ever needed me. And I'll miss our time together more than I can say. But you know what? There will be a new day and eventually a new year. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon wherever you may be. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 